0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW report Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, to see the we have today. Into episode 201 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is presented by our good friends at Condado Tacos at the Summit at Fritz Farm. KSR is excited to partner with Condado for our Bahamas basketball coverage. KSR will be on the scene. As you can see, I am physically here on the scene uh, here at Bahamar Resort as the Kentucky basketball team plays four games to get an early start on this season the bahamas trip won't be all basketball so follow along for all the fun events at the resort as well i'm sure if you've been on ksr's uh youtube page you can see that we've been riding water slides and going down to the beach and having uh, one heck of a time so make sure you stop in and see our friends at condado to try some of their summer features like the mango guacamole or chicken bacon ranch taco yum they have also got happy hour deals like the six out six dollar house margaritas Monday through Friday three to six p.m. We love our tacos at KSR, so the partnership with Condado was perfect. They've got also got happy hour deals like a six dollar. House Margs, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. We love tacos at KSR, so this partnership with Condado was perfect to fuel our crew for the big week of Bahamas coverage. Thank you, Condado. I'm here with Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country here to break down Kentucky's major 52-point win against the Dominican Republic National Select Team 108-56 win for the Cats. Sean, let's get rolling with some early takeaways. What did you think of the win?
0: Very impressive. Just a, a, a collective win across the board. The the new guys, the old guys, just a perfect blend. Oscar Sheebway, Jacob Toppin, Damian Collins, to me, was the biggest takeaway from the night. A uh, great way to start the four-game exhibition tour in the Bahamas.
1: Yeah, Damian Collins was the big headliner for me. He was uh, absolutely sensational from start to finish. 15 points, six of nine shooting, uh, five rebounds, five assists. I mean, just absolutely terrific effort, in 19 minutes, uh, looked like a brand new player, had the two biggest highlights of the game, not even close, he goes baseline on one end, and dunks on somebody's head, and then goes down on the other end, and does the exact same thing uh, a little bit later in the game, absolutely terrific uh, performance there uh, for Damian Collins, I thought uh, Jacob Toppin did a lot of really good things as well on both ends, Xavier um, Wheeler, you know, got a little bit banged up, but you could see the um, you know, c- continuity there at the point guard position. But Cason Wallace was really the other big takeaway for me. Uh, I thought on both ends of the floor, he was absolutely terrific. Uh, just really did a lot of uh, of really good things there. He finished with 15 points, 6 of 13 shooting, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, 2 blocks, 1 steal in 25 minutes. So uh, Cason Wallace is a guy that I think Kentucky will be leaning on very heavily throughout the season, and uh, we got to see that on, on full display there for the first time uh, in a Kentucky uniform
0: yeah and he has his hands in a lot of different areas too right like defensively running the one off the ball when when Xavier Wheeler went out with that injury you know he takes over and runs the show and I thought he looked comfortable doing that he was getting to the basket he was getting the ball out and up the floor in transition we know his reputation as a defender now we're starting to see some of that offensive game too Jack that kind of takes him to the other level and when you know ESPN put up the uh the the rankings last night where he was the 20th player in that class and it kind of just the way he was playing and getting up the floor looking comfortable you kind of go okay that's that's a top 10 kid in this class and he certainly looked like it last night
1: yeah and and so today i was actually in john Calipari's suite for a film room session breakdown it was sean uh what your dreams are made of is is an (laughs) x's and o's guy i mean he was breaking down just frame by frame i just Terrific stuff, and Kason was a very uh, common point of conversation, as you would expect. The way uh, just w- he was able to do it all on, on both ends of the floor. Cal talked about you know how he has a, a kind of deep booming voice, and and he's using it you know very well uh, for you know being a freshman. Uh, they're leaning on him to be a leader in that locker room and to be a leader on the floor. And the, and Cal was like, man, I, I love the way not only you're using your voice, but you know you you stand out on the floor. I, he was up on the on the stage uh, watching the game and, and he was like man I, I could hear you from way up there with that deep booming voice you know go 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 so I thought that part was really cool that that uh, you know he's clearly separating himself in practice on that end and, and obviously in the games as well uh, an immediate impact there from Case and Wallace and I think uh, um, he looked very comfortable with the ball in his hands I know Savier is the guy and, and you want continuity at that, bo- that point guard position but Sean I loved what I saw with him as the primary main point of attack there as the lead Uh, lead ball handler
0: yeah you have good college basketball players great college basketball players but then you have future pros and that's what separates Kaysen from the other guards on this roster is he projects to be a future pro and you saw that last night and you're, you're getting a small taste of it now over the next three or four days his upside and potential he has all of the makings of becoming a star at Kentucky this season
1: and while we're talking about the freshman Chris Livingston, Sean, he's a guy that I've I've been I guess uncertain about on this show is is a good way to put it just in terms of what his role is going to be. Uh, he's a guy that I thought. Leaned a little bit too heavily on the perimeter jumper, and, and you know floated a little bit out there rather than using his you know god given 225 hundred twenty five pound frame uh, to just be a mismatch nightmare, go baseline dunk on somebody's head the way that we saw Damian do, and and would really be a physical presence. And I was a little bit worried because I saw a lot of uh, of games of him his at, at Oak Hill, and a lot of it was him staying on the perimeter and jacking up threes instead of you know kind of being the initiator, trying to uh, assert himself within that. That offense, I thought last night it was the perfect combination of both. I, got, I thought we got to see him make shots. You know, he, if he wants to be a three or even a two, you know, we, we talked about on the show that Cal has him watching some Devin Booker uh, film coming off screens and and you know really trying to utilize him as a as a catch and shoot guy. Well, if you're going to be that, then you got to be able to make shots. And I think three or four from three, uh, the way he did last night, it, it was definitely doing that. But I thought he was great uh, as a as a rebounder. He had a two two hand rebounder, kind of grabbing go type guy, finished with eight boards. Uh, just really, we got to see everything that I think you loved about him in high school, what you loved about him as the potential recruit, uh, you know what he could be long-term. I think we got to see all of that on full display uh, here in an amazing platform for him to do so.
0: Yep. My favorite thing about Chris Livingston is his ability to grab a rebound and then lead the break. And you saw that last, well, not the play you're talking about where he just reaches up and snatches a rebound, and then it's gone. You saw the passes in transition. You saw the confidence in his jumper. The thing that, I, that I've been asked since last night is, is he a three or is he a four? And I know that's something that you and I have discussed for, it feels like a year now. But last night I kind of went a different route with it, and I said, you know, I don't want to label him a three. I don't want to label him a four. I just want him to be Chris Livingston and be that face-up guy that is a bull in transition, can take the jumper and shoot it, can use his size to bully people getting to the basket. I don't want to just label him a position. I want him to face the basket, make plays, and just use that frame and those shoulders that he has. So I don't even want to call him a three or four. I just want to call him a freak. Chris Livingston, the freak at the three and the four. It doesn't matter what spot he's at.
1: And oddly enough, I asked him about that after the game. I said, you know, you're known as, as the, you know, the two through four. What are you? What's your role going to be? Uh, and, you know, the, with those questions, how do you think you responded in your first game action as, as a Wildcat? He said, you got to see what I am. You don't pencil me in with anything. If you need me to be a two, I'll be a two. If you need me to be a, a bully ball four, I'm gonna go ahead and do that too, and I think that's kind of the beauty of Chris Livingston. What makes him so dangerous and just so, you know, just so plug and playable. You know, he's a guy that if you need, you know, perimeter scoring, you can go in and, and put him in. If you need perimeter defense, so Sean, I thought he was terrific defensively yeah. as well. Uh, you know, guarding the other teams. You know, maybe not best player, but but you know some of the the top primary you know playmakers on the the opposition I think he was guarding them fairly well and very switchable there's just a lot of switchability with this team and, and I think Chris Livingston is going to be a big part of that uh, but I, I did love his answer when I asked him you know do you think your your role is more defined now with, with all the questions that you had and he was like no and I think that's kind of a good thing I, I don't think I need to have a defined role whatever coach Cal needs me to do that's what I'm going to do and, and I thought he put that on full display.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his game, and you mentioned the versatility that this team has, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. When you can switch one through four, and some of Kentucky's best teams have been able to switch one through five, they have guys that can do that, and I think that that's the makings of a very special team on the defensive end. Obviously, uh, in your session there with this, the film session stuff this morning, John Calipari, he he was going all in on defense That's how he opened up the week down there at the open practice, according to your tweets and reports, was it was all about defense. I think he knows the potential that this team has on that end, but I think he also knows that the offensive end with so many veterans coming back, so many experienced pieces, talented pieces, the offense will be fine. It's getting that defense up to where he wants it to be, and that's what makes this team special.
1: Yeah, and get this, to open – we're talking about defense. To open the film session in John Calipari's suite, look, it's a 52-point win that you held the opposition to 30-something percent shooting from from the field. I mean, as elite of a performance as you could possibly ask for, and you walk into Coach Cow's room and on the TV on full bright blue display, bad defense. The first thing that you see, and it's just like – You just look at that and laugh because it's just like, man, how can you even point out bad defense in a 52 point win? But Coach Cal broke down the film and he found, you know, very nitpicky things that Antonio Reeves was doing. And okay, hey, Case, and instead of doing this, I need you to do this. Hey, Chris, uh, instead of, you know, holding your feet in this way, you know, work on your position this way. I got to see Coach Cal in a like meticulous just technical sense that I have not gotten the chance to see. And I thought it was just brilliant to see, but it just cracked me up that the first thing that he had in his mind was we got to show the bad defense. We got to show that it was not a perfect performance. If we want to get to where we need to be long-term, we can't let a 50 point win just make you assume that everything is, is good and grand. Like you, you got to work on the the little things. Uh, But he did say as of August 10th or August 11th or whatever it is, uh, for for Kentucky to be as advanced as they are defensively, uh, he had a lot of uh, expletives talking about it. He said, are you kidding me, (laughs) essentially? Just just how how dominant this is and and just how advanced they are from top to bottom. Uh, You could tell that he was getting a little bit giddy about this group, especially on that end of the floor.
0: Yeah, and and John Calipari is one of the best when it comes to attention to detail. And he will just hammer the small details. And that's the details that separate you from being really good and you being great. And that's the best thing about Cal. I've, I've always said it. Like, he's a perfectionist. When you get to watch some of his coaching clinics or you get to hear him talk about his team like you did today, it's the little attention to detail things that maybe a lot of people don't pay attention to and maybe even these players don't pay attention to You correct one or two of those things, and it takes your game to another level. That is what John Calipari is so good at when it comes to developing talent and players. And you got uh, a first uh, front-row seat to that this morning. Yeah,
1: and I will say, uh, of the players that he talked about, you might be surprised who the main one was and who the MVP was after watching the film. It was none other than C.J. Frederick, who only played 12 minutes and didn't score a single point, Sean. I thought it was fascinating that uh, Cal was hard on him apparently in at halftime in the in practice apparently said you know he you know missed some defensive assignments just didn't like the way uh, he moved and, and thought he made some poor decisions and Kyle actually said in this in this uh, film session he said look I'm going to be real with you there are times that I'm going to call you out on something and I'm going to say you did this wrong and I'm going to go back and watch film and I'm going to make it very clear that I was wrong about this and he said I CJ was wrong about you in this game he said uh, just the you may not have hit any shots you may not have you know been the scorer that you anticipated but the the way you were facilitating for your teammates always thinking two three steps ahead the way you were rotating defensively the way that you how engaged he was and and just being a disruptor the, the, he he showed a play in particular where uh, he he CJ was was trailing, and he slapped down, and he just he was just disrupted the play, caused a, a, a turnover, and it led to a, a, a transition bucket the other way. He was like, things like that are going to be the difference between a, a good team and a great team. If CJ can be that type of player, we have the potential to be something very special. And uh, I just thought it was really interesting that that uh, the advanced defensive numbers, uh, Chin Coleman at the end was talking about defensive accountability and who led the charge on on that front. None other than C.J. Frederick no. allowed 6.7 points per 40 minutes, which, uh, I mean, if, you know, you don't want to be stereotypical, but you, you look at a, a white shooter and everybody just says, oh, he can't play defense. Like, that's just kind of the no. the, the norm with, with, you know, this business. CJ can defend and he defends very hard and he defends very well. And that was put on, um, you know, literally on film in front of everybody to see he had his own, his own segment. Uh, the CJ's uh, CJ's highlights that, that Cal wanted to, to show the whole team. Like, Hey, this is how you make an impact beyond the, the box score.
0: Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the box score and stuff, when, when you look at it, he took one shot, but he had four assists, which is something that he did at Iowa. Another thing that stood out to me about his time at Iowa that I've talked a lot about, his sophomore year, he played 666 minutes. He turned the ball over 10 times. It's a guy that's not going to hurt you. Like You you, will, you can go across college basketball, and you will not find numbers that low. I think it was around 52 assists to 10 turnovers in 666 minutes. And I think last night, a lot of people got caught up in looking for one thing from C.J. Frederick, and that was him making threes or making shots. He didn't do that. He only took one. But that's to me, the biggest win was he played and he came out of that game healthy and ready to go again tonight. That is all you want out of this trip from him is to get him eased in and then get back to Lexington next week with a healthy C.J. Frederick who you can start increasing the load on over the next couple of months and get him ready when the real basketball starts.
1: Yeah, and we you know we're talking about defense, and I thought it was really fascinating that Antonio Reeves is somebody that is going to be relied on as an instant impact plug and play scorer. He he was a 20 point per game scorer at Illinois State. He's going to be relied on heavily to create for himself, to create his own shot, uh, be a be that three level scorer that he kind of became known as uh, as among the best in college basketball last season at Illinois State. But I thought it was fascinating that you know even after a uh, 12 points 12 point performance where he went four or five from three. Uh, you know, one one rebound, one assist, one steal, only one turnover in 19 minutes. You know, really solid performance o- overall. Uh, one of the main points of emphasis for Cal was that he really struggled defensively. Like, he had a, a lot of, you know, miscues and, and you know, got beat backdoor on a couple times. And, and there were just a couple things that he was like, I, I understand what you are offensively. I know what you can do and what you can bring to the table as a scorer. We need more. I know I, I know you weren't leaned on heavily to be that kind of go-to uh, defender in Illinois State. They basically just asked him there just go get buckets just get as many points on the board as you can but uh, Cal said today in, at the film room he said we cannot trade baskets we this is not a team that's that is capable of trading baskets. We have to be somebody uh, that that you can get the baskets and then cover on the other end and and, and spread the leak. so uh, you know he kind of called out Antonio a little bit and said look, we love you offensively, but we need to see more from you defensively. And I, and I love the kind of blunt, blunt nature of Cal, uh, and you know, kind of that accountability factor there in,
0: in the film room. Yeah, you, you can't be the player that hits 4-3, scores twelve points, but gives up fourteen or fifteen. Like that's that's not what they need him to be. They need him to be the guy that can make those shots. Uh, can get to that mid-range jumper, can get to the rim, but can also defend his position. I, I love him offensively. I love the things he does, the the confidence that he has. I mean, every time it leaves his hands, I feel like it's he's already – I've watched him once or twice, obviously, in the open practice. Every time he shoots the ball, I think it's going in. It's the same way with C.J. Frederick. So Kentucky has those guys that can do that, but they need Reeves to commit to that defensive end, and, and that's an adjustment coming from Illinois State. We, Like you said, that's not something that he was called upon to do we know when you come to Kentucky, if you cannot defend, you will not get on the floor. So you can't just be a three-point shooter or a scorer. You've got to have the complete package. And you, it's, it, I think he has the potential to do it. It's, he has the length to be a good defender.
1: And as we're talking about defensive upside and, uh, you know, maybe some other struggles, Thero is a guy that I thought was terrific. Um, I, I thought he did a lot of really good things. He He – enters the game it was kind of funny talking to the players they said that adu was a nervous wreck sean so it said before the game that he he was basically going room to room saying guys i i'm nervous i don't know if i can do this i don't know how i'm gonna how i'm gonna do this and everybody was like dude chill we're in the bahamas like you're you're kind of killing the vibes just let like it, it's fine everything's okay and he was like okay y- yeah but you know I, this is just my first time out there uh, so for somebody that was that nervous leading up to the game to go out onto the floor and five seconds later get a steal and score on the other end and then uh you know get a, a, a back-to-back blocks uh, at the rim uh and then you, you know hits an, a wide open catch and shoot three that you know he was kind of known as you know maybe his his shooting has a lot of work to do and uh, you know to see him in that that setting and, and hit that catch and shoot three from that left wing it's just like he did one thing after the other after the other in very limited minutes i mean uh, his numbers were just terrific uh, seven points on three of four shootings Three assists, three blocks, two steals in ten minutes. I mean, you're, if you're looking for instant plug-and-play production, uh, especially out of what your tenth man, ninth man at, at minimum. Yeah, that is a, a definitely bright side sign to see uh, if you're looking for uh, you know kind of long long-term potential of this team.
0: Yeah, I'm, we know he's dealing with growing pains, but not when it comes to his basketball ability. That's that's for sure because you could see the potential, the frame, the and another guy with those long arms that a lot of people probably say could be a great on-ball defender. I think he could be an even better off-ball defender because of how instinctive he was in the passing lanes. Like, he got those two steals, uh, led to dunks. I know he had an assist there at one point where he made a a beautiful dump-off pass, showed the ability to hit shots, Uh, the turnaround jumper that didn't count, but then he buried the three that I don't even know if it even hit the net, went straight through the the basket. But you and I have followed Adu Thiero ever since April when we were caught off guard on a random Saturday about him getting an offer from John Calipari. And we went back and forth on, is this even a real thing? Is this a helping a family friend? The thing that kind of settled in with me throughout the spring and summer, Jack, is we know one thing about John Calipari. He doesn't hand out scholarship offers as favors. Walk-ons, yes. This kid is on scholarship. He signed, he committed, and he can play. And this might be a diamond-in-the-rough top player, for John Calipari in the Kentucky basketball program. And it looks like a guy that can make an impact immediately, but his future beyond this year is what's the most exciting. Because you, you look at that frame, that is a big-time big, big time guard with a lot of size. It reminds you of some of the guards that Cal had at Memphis in some of the early days at Kentucky.
1: Yeah, and I I'm pulling up the quote here from uh, Orlando Antigua, uh, I mean, he, he literally flat-out said uh, he's got a um, – let me make sure that I have the right – quote here. Um, He said, uh, we know that he comes from a great family. He's been uh, part of Cal's family with his dad playing for Cal at Memphis. He's a kid that has earned the right to be at Kentucky. He led his high school team to a championship game, so he's been a part of winning. He's got a great basketball tradition and family. He's a kid who grew up wanting to be at Kentucky. He's living out his dream. We're challenging him and pushing him every day. Uh, He's going up against really good players, so you're forced to get better, and he's doing that. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of confidence there uh, with this t- with him and, and his kind of long-term uh, trajectory and what he can be asked. Chris Livingston about his future. He said his potential is off the charts. Uh, he can hit the open shot. He's super long, just a good kid, great teammate, and he's still growing. So mm-hmm. a lot of excitement about Aduthiero. Uh, I will add, though, as – as impressive as the defensive highlights were and what he was able to do on that end of the floor and, you know, the, the steals and the, and the blocks uh, he did great out as the worst defender on the team last <laughs> night, just in terms of allowing, uh, allowing buckets. And, and he did have a couple slip ups that Cal uh, joked and said, you know, if you call, if, if your parents call and say, why didn't you play more minutes? Uh, Why don't you tell them that you allowed 33.1 uh, points per 40 minutes uh, and, and tell them that what, what would happen if you got more minutes on the floor? So, it's a work in progress. It's not a perfect, you know. Again, there's a reason that he was a, you know, three star out of high school, and there's the growing pains physically are there, but you know he's still just developing as a player and figuring out just who the heck he was. I asked him last night. He said uh, uh, he he may get as tall as six ten, and he said he's modeling his game after Kevin Durant, Sean. So. Or is he a point guard? Is he a combo guard? Is he a shooting guard? Is he a small forward? Is he a, a, a four? Is he going to be the next Anthony Davis? Nobody has any idea what this kid is going to be. They just know that there's something there.
0: I'm very intrigued. I'll, I'll add that. That's the word I've been using since late last night is I've, I've never been more intrigued by a prospect at Kentucky than what I am with a do And those growth plates are wide open. I mean, he's already growing. I mean, you can see it from May till now, The difference in in just looking at his body and how long his arms are like, I don't know. Is he a one, two, three? I have no idea. But all I know is that it's one that I think Kentucky fans should be glad that they have in the program because it feels like a developmental piece that can help you in a pinch right now. And we'll see what happens between now and the fall and we get in December and January. But it certainly feels like someone who is going to earn a role in this program beyond this year and really help this program moving forward. Well, as we uh,
1: start to wind down and start looking ahead to Monterey Tech tonight, um, Sean, uh, I'm just here to tell you. I know we got in trouble last time uh, we did this. I, I know we this the last time we did this. It's this all you. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I know the last time we did this was the St. Peter's game where uh, that came back to bite me in the butt, unlike anything ever in existence at doing this job. I, that was the worst karma of all time. However. I watched their shoot around last night, Sean, and they, don't say it, I can't believe I'm even saying this, they are horrific, absolutely horrific. And uh, I don't think there's a single player on their team that's bigger than 6'5". It's it's a work in progress. They are, Monterey Tech is a work in progress. I don't have high expectations for them tonight, and if uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, <laughs> I, I think Kentucky can name their score tonight, man. <laughs>
0: no, I can't believe you said that. I just I don't even know. I'll go in that case. I'll go Kentucky by four. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, just because you've you've thrown that out there. I can't believe I'm having deja vu all over again of the, the hotel there in Indianapolis, and then seven hours later, why? What just happened? So I'm hopeful that the next episode we don't lose listeners just because of your predictions for a shoot around. You're never going to be allowed to watch a shoot around again. If Ever
1: happens. again. This is my last shoot around. But Sean, I'm telling you, it was, I, I how are they going to stop Oscar Sheboy? How are they going to stop Damian Collins at 6'10 with a, Seven foot five wingspan and a forty two inch vertical. There's just not a single player on their roster that is five within five inches of them. So I, I don't know. I, maybe maybe I'll end up being crazy. Maybe I'll end up looking like a moron once again, like I did very very well the last time. But uh, I just don't think that's going to happen tonight. I think Kentucky's going to be just fine.
0: Yeah, there. I don't know if there's any peacocks in the Bahamas or not. So hopefully not. But. I will say this. We're 25, almost 26 minutes into this episode, and I don't think we've talked about Oscar Shibwe. Honestly, that's what I wanted out of this weekend and this week was to talk about some other pieces because we know what Oscar's going to do. Had that been a regular season game, Oscar was finding a way to get a double-double and probably coming away with 14 rebounds. <laughs> we, we know. But right now, I want to be learning some things about these other guys, and I think we're doing that. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway from the from game one is we Oscar Littleman scoring, but he wasn't the dominant – discussion when it comes to what this roster is.
1: Yeah, I mean, Oscar
0: is who he is.
1: I, talk, I just talked to him in a one-on-one interview with him, and it was terrific. Just absolutely the most enjoyable player and person that you could come across. He's just sitting there. You know, I, I just get, kind of give him to, toss him a softball after softball, and he would just take it and run with it and say whatever. You know, He's he is the uh, uh, National Player of the Year version of John Calipari where he's going to take an interview however he wants to take it, and he's going to bring up his relationship with God and, and the impact that he wants to make and hit the, using his platform for good and and that's just kind of who he is as a person and, and just a, absolutely terrific player and person off the floor. Uh, but it, it, it is kind of refreshing to you know we we always know we have Oscar in our back pocket, Sean. We always know that what, that he's going to be be able to put up the numbers and and be the uh, character w- w- that that we know him to be whenever we need him to be. It's just very cool seeing other guys step up and and other guys, you know, kind of emerge in, in various roles and just do different things. And I will say um, something that was was brand new, just watching the shoot around here, uh, Kentucky shoot around about an hour ago. Um, Sean, I want to get your thoughts on this. Cal says that this team in particular has more players capable of coming off pin downs than any that he has had during his time at Kentucky. And, and I think that is a, a testament just how confident he is about this team's shooting ability and, and the various pieces that he has there. So not only is this just a deep team with a lot of different uh, moving parts and pieces that can, can make an impact, uh, Sean, there's a lot of shooters. In there. And I think Cal is starting to realize just how, um, you know, flexible he can be in that regard.
0: Yeah. That, that is interesting to think that they, that this is the roster he looks at to run a lot of pin downs for, but when you got CJ Frederick, Antonio Reeves, I'm starting to think Kaysen Wallace can do that. You can run some stuff for Chris Livingston knocking down shots, Jacob Toppin working on that shot. Uh, That's an interesting comment, but obviously he's seen enough in practices this summer to make that statement in August. So that's that's honestly a good sign. So I'm assuming Kentucky will be running some floppy action like they always do, but probably for a mix of guys.
1: Oh, before we get out of here, uh, one last message from our friends at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I rammed up my daily workouts. Eating a cleaner diet and Athletic Greens was the perfect complement to my efforts in getting healthy. The thing is, I didn't want a chalky, nasty, bitter supplement that tasted like grass clippings. I wanted something I genuinely enjoyed with a mild tropical taste. It's a drink I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1 you are absorbing? Absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus and aging. All of the things it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo. Uh, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery and also supports mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look for look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free 1 year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs i'm using them here on my trip to the bahamas with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/pilgrim again that is athleticgreens.com/pilgrim to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance i am jack pilgrim here with sean smith we are wrapping this thing up we got to prepare for another game day for the kentucky wildcats sean let's get out of here where can fans find your work
0: You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry and I will add a zero to the end of that four. Kentucky wins by 40. I'm I'm trusting you. (laughs) You can
1: find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. Hopefully tonight goes well and we can laugh about this tomorrow because I do not want to be embarrassed once again the way I was before. So uh, let's let's go all in on this. Let's trust the Cats. Uh, They're going to win big tonight against Monterey. Cheddar, or Monterey Tech, whoever this team is—it it don't matter. It's—it's it's like that that LeBron thing uh, with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, which is like <laughs> Rich Paul, RuPaul. I don't care. Cats by ninety. That's what's gonna be. All right. Anyway, let's get out of here. Uh, we'll be back next time for the Jam Pack Sources Say podcast. We will see you
0: next time.